What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Crown Hoops podcast. We are on to episode number 44, six more till 50, guys. As always, my name is Jordan Daly. With me this week, we got the whole crew of Mike White, Stacy Collier, and Ben Okazawa. So, what's up, guys? What's up, hey, what's everybody? going on? That's it's been a while, it, man. I'm very full crew. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been just in time for playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's the important thing, right? I got the NBA back. It's time to go full strength for it. All right, we'll get right into it with some updates from the NBA bubble. Kind of look at seeding so far. Most teams maybe only have like one game left uh, of these seeding games, so uh, standings are kind of getting down to what it's going to be. Um, before we get into that, though, uh, any teams kind of surprising you? Obviously, I feel like there's one team everyone's going to say right away. Um, but, Mike, let's start with you. What teams have kind of surprised you so far? Uh, I feel like everybody's going to say it, but, I mean, you got to go with the Phoenix Suns, undefeated in bubble play. I mean, we know Devin Booker to be a scorer. He always gets buckets, 35 a night here, 30 a night here. But now they're actually winning when it comes to it, which is something we're not used to seeing them do consistently. So for a team like the Phoenix Suns to be, what are they now, 7-0 and in the bubble, 8-0, and yeah. whatever it may be. 7-0. I mean, that's that's a, that's a big step. You know, this is a whole entire different environment. So just seeing them able to actually string string some wins together. And now when you really sit back and look at their roster, OK, you got Rubio, a veteran point guard. He's been around. You got a go to guy, um, Booker. You got DeAndre Ayton, who's from back from the suspension. Looks like he's ready to hoop and he's been hooping. So, I mean, it, it's got to be the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I guess the next best team you could possibly say that I could think of is I'll say the Nets. I mean, they're still winning games that no Kyrie, uh, no Kevin Durant, Levert's been sitting out and they've still been in some pretty competitive games and still been winning and they still locked up that playoff spot. So that surprised me a lot, but definitely the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Stacey, what about you? What teams have been surprising you so far? Uh, the obvious answer is Phoenix, but you know, Mike just made some great points, but I'm going to go a different route here. I'm going to go the negative route. And the team that surprised me is the Lakers, just how oh my bad God. they been, especially on, <laughs> <That's getting laughs> on three-pointing and three-point shooting and the perimeter play. Just I thought that was going to be one of those teams that was going to be well-prepared for the bubble, but it seemed like they wasn't prepared. It seemed like, like they all off course and everything, and they got to get it together because guess who's in the driver's seat for the A.C.? We all know the Blazers and the Blazers. I'm on record of saying this. They can dang time and he might and the Blazers might push the Lakers out of the playoffs in the first round. They have the, the team to do that. So they the Lakers got to be careful. They got to get that together. Now, um, you know, some of the other Western teams, they have they have like 500 records and all that. But, you know, some of them have been missing like key players. But the Lakers got pretty much everybody itself. Avery Bradley. So they it should be no reason why they look this inconsistent, this dry, this bad. Okay. Ben, what teams have been surprising for you? Uh I mean, yeah, those are my top two answers there. Uh Suns obviously, and then Lakers as well, if you take it from, you know, the opposite side of the ball there. But uh I'll say the Spurs have been surprising me as well. I mean They've won three straight. That's tied for the like second or third longest win streak in the in the bubble right now. Um, obviously behind the Suns, and then 
Uh, there's a couple other teams that have three-game winning streaks, but the Spurs, I mean, with the talent level that they have on that roster, are not supposed to be... I didn't expect them, at least, to be as competitive as they have been so far in the bubble. Um, and they're still in the running for, for a playoff spot, or at least a play-in spot. Um, so, I mean, I hope. I honestly hope the Spurs do make it. I don't want to see Pop streak end. Um, it's historic if he wins this year, if he makes it to the playoffs this year. So, I think it would be cool if the Spurs make it. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they really have no one of note on that team, and they've been still making a push for the playoffs so yeah that's it's definitely been interesting the whole western conference race has been interesting and i guess for for me some of the teams that you know in a positive note have been surprising me is you know you guys said the blazers the suns uh even ben what said the spurs but on the east i'm also gonna shout out the pacers led by tj warren i feel like um they've definitely surprised me um on a more negative route i would say um, a team that kind of surprised me is the Pelicans, um, you know, kind of on that, that Talk verge a little bit. Time. Yeah. They, they had that, they were on the verge of kind of possibly making it into that eight seed in the West, or at least the playoffs, uh, playing game. Uh, they, they just blew it. And, uh, you know, I watched some of those games and, uh, personally, I blame that on the coaching and terrible time management of Zion. Uh, you know, they were sitting them at the end of the games when it mattered the most and playing them in the first quarter when they didn't really need them. Um, so I personally blame that on coaching. So I hope they can take a look at that this off season. But uh, definitely, definitely a negative thing for me. Um, but uh, we'll kind of move on and look at the seeding so far. Um, like we said earlier, the starting to lock in a little bit. So uh, as of now, the Bucks are locked in at one. Um, so they're most likely going to play the Magic. Uh, Raptors are locked in at two, so they're going to play the Nets. Uh, this is where it starts getting a little um, iffy, unless if things change since I last checked. Celtics are locked in at three, but from what I last checked, there's a chance that they could play either the Heat, Pacers, or Sixers, uh, which are the only three teams left in the East. I don't know if you guys have seen any updates since then. Uh, no, it should be locked in now. Yeah, y'all should, it's, it's y'all locked, are locked in. Yeah, it's locked it in Celtic Sixers. Mm-hmm. Celtic Sixers. Okay, so that's going to be Heat Pacers as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so out, out of those matchups on the East, any of them you think may be closer than anticipated? Mm-hmm. Not uh, really. I mean, yeah, Heat, heat Pacers. Heat Pacers, yeah. Yeah. Ah, man, I don't see if, it going past six, but... If Simmons wasn't hurt, I'm sorry, Jordan. I would have said Celtics Sixers, yeah. but now I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't know. So Heat Pacers would definitely be the one, but I, I don't like what I've seen from the, you know, it was all this hype built up around the TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler matchup. And then the other night they finally get to meet and you just see one team is is clearly better than the other. I mean, even Jimmy Butler, who's not a knockdown shooter in this, that, or another, he still did other things to get his team to win, and it seems like they cruised by him. So, I mean, it could be close, but unless Oladipo starts playing at a higher level, which I don't know if he can do coming off the injury so soon, I I just don't know, man. I wish I wish Simmons was healthy for that six or Celtics. That would have been good. Yeah, I mean, been a great series. Even with Simmons hurt, um, mm-hmm. the Sixers were one of those matchups that I was kind of hoping we could avoid. Um, right, yeah. You, you could even argue that, you know, the Sixers sometimes play better without Simmons and with, like, a true 
point guard. So, I mean, th- that definitely scares me. I feel like Al Horford always steps up in the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously you have Embiid. Uh, he's back off of his injury. So if he stays healthy, you know, he's always a threat. Um, realistically, I see that series going six games. The Sixers Celtics? Sixers Celtics, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at that, but I think you brought up a good point. Like, we're going to get opportunity to see because the Sixers had some decisions to make. We've all said that before coming up. So now this is they're going to get a firsthand ex- experience of what it's like to just have Embiid and build around him. Now they'll probably go traditional, Embiid at the five, probably Horford at the four. They'll have a traditional point guard, Tobias Harris at the three, probably Shake Milton at the one. I mean, we're going to see how good they can be with an offense featured around Embiid. So even though Ben Simmons is hurt and I, we probably don't expect them to beat the Celtics, this could be a very important series as far as the future of how this franchise goes over the next couple of years. Yeah, they yeah. should be they should be somewhat competitive in this series too because the Sixers are they should be a scrappy defensive team. That's led by you know Matisse Thybulle, so they yeah. should be able to do a little something. And then they still hopefully and B can stay healthy. That's, yeah, that's what I was and then, say. and then you still got Tobias Harris, who was 18, 20 points per game. So they still got some, but Josh Richardson like, too, right? Right. Yeah, Josh he's Richardson. good. He's yeah. been good. They they should do a little something. I don't think they're going to get past the Celtics though. But see, this thing about the Celtics with me, and I've said it plenty of times, it's like the the Sixers have the one thing that I said was the weakness. They got the size. They got Embiid down there. Daniel Tice is good. Like I said, I'm going to say, don't, don't sleep on yeah, him. Yeah, I'm not sleep awesome. on. I'm not sleep on young Tice. I'm not sleep on. Him. <laughs> and Robert but Williams. Ooh, Robert Williams up is this good bubble. too. But they're all still undersized. So that you know, that was my only concern with the Celtics all year. Like, okay, size. Is size going to matter? I mean, can Tice guard Embiid? Probably not one on one. Will the Celtics do things to lock up and be most likely double teams, force him to shoot jumpers, which he loves to do for some reason? <laughs> Probably. But it, it'd be nice to see what Embiid does. Another year, another playoff run. Are you going to learn from last year? Are you going to dominate in the paint? Kind of the same questions we got for AD, but I ain't going to touch that right now. I can't <laughs> touch it right now. We're getting there. We're getting there real soon. Right. We're going to jump over to the West now. Uh, first thing we got to start off in the West is this this race for the eighth seed, right? Um, so obviously it's extremely tight and then within four games, it's a playing game. So right now in, in the eight seed, the trailblazers are there and then in ninth, 10th and 11th in order, it goes Grizzlies, Suns and Spurs and all those guys are within reaching. Um, the only two teams that have been eliminated are the Kings and the Pelicans, um, which I don't think was a surprise to anyone. Um, well, you know why they was there. Well, Pel- Pelicans, Pelicans were going to make some noise though. Well, I'm talking about... Once we realized how poorly the coach was managing Zion. Adam Silver went through all that trouble to get the Pelicans in. Just for them to sit Zion out for the last five minutes of the, not even like the third game, the fourth game, the first game. Like, what? I I don't think they understood that they were in a win-now situation. I don't know what they were saving them for. They they were saving them for that moment. Yeah. Oh, Oh, man. Very questionable call there, but uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see some interesting things. And honestly, this race and seeing you know the Suns go seven and zero, like I, I think Mike you mentioned, um, it makes a case for like leaving the playing game, at, like making that a, a continuous thing. I, I don't know if they will, just because the only reason they're doing it is because you know some teams missed some games or some teams could have gone on a run. Um, but I don't know. It's just such an interesting thing. Uh, I'm really excited to see that play out, but. 
Who do you guys think is going to take that eight seed? Uh, I, yeah, I was going to say, I expect right, I the, Blazers, the Blazers to keep it. Uh, as for who's going to take the nine, I mean, it depends a lot on what happens. I think the Grizzlies might catch it because all they need to do, as far as I'm concerned, or from my understanding at least, is beat the Bucks. Um, I think it's tomorrow night. And Giannis obviously suspended. Bucks clinched one, so they probably don't even need to play like Middleton, Bledsoe, guys like that. Um, but this is like must win for the Grizzlies. So it relies heavily on that. And they're tied with the Suns right now. And they hold the tiebreaker over the Suns. So if they're able to to beat the Bucks, then I, I think it's all them, right? Yeah, and, and it's just terrible timing for the Grizzlies, I feel like, too. They they saw Jaron Jackson Jr. go down with an injury. And the Grizzlies were a team I thought were going to sneak into that eight seed. But, you know, Trailblazers have been cooking. Suns have been cooking. Um, yeah, in my opinion, I think the Trailblazers are going to end up getting it. Um, I don't think you can stop Dame right now. This man is not human in the bubble. Um, but, yeah, Mike, Stacey, what do you guys think? Uh, go ahead, Stacey. You good. Uh, uh, like I said, I think the Blazers, I think they're going to take the AC. I just think they're going to take it. Um, I want to see the playing game. I want to see Blazers and Suns because they're the two hottest teams in the bubble right now, and I want to see that clash that play out. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the Blazers going to get the playoffs. I, I said this before. Um, the Blazers, they have the best team as far as people that's pushing for the A spot. And we probably have all, have all thought this before the season started. The Blazers, they should have been like the fourth, fourth or fifth seed this whole time. They they were just tripping. But now they found their footing and, and they have to get in. They they pretty much have to get in or this be all for nothing. And who knows how Dame's going to take it mentally if he's dropping 60 and they don't get in off one game, the literally literally the last game. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I'm going to say that the Blazers are going to make it. Um, as much as the Laker fan in me would rather see the Suns in the playoffs, like you guys already said, Grizzlies got the Bucks. There's no Giannis. Bucks are locked into the number one seed. Grizzlies knows what's at stake. I, man, it'd be... It'd be tough to see them lose that game without Giannis being on that court. And then the Suns have the Mavericks, which is a very losable game because you got Luka, you got Porzingis. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know if you guys caught a little bit of the Trailblazer game the other night, but oh, those guys, those, yeah, <laughs> yeah, those guys. Very, get hey, very questionable call that ended it, too. Yeah, my, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that uh, the charge. Yeah, Mavs easily. Oh no, no! And then um, what's his name? Uh, Trey Burke pushed uh the Dame Little on the three. The Mavericks hit to yeah. I think that would have put him up too. So it yeah, was a lot of questionable that, things. That's the that's the call that I was talking about for sure. Okay, I think Mavs could have easily won that one. But right. Besides. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's going to be the Blazers whether they have a playing game against the Suns or the Grizzlies. I think the Blazers are going to win just because. In those series, they have the best player on the court, and that's Dame Lillard. And obviously, if you say something to Dame Lillard, Lillard, he's possible to drop 50 to 60 points on you at any point. So it's going to be the Blazers. My Lakers, we in for a hell of a roll. But, hey, look, we got to get it started somewhere. Yeah, and that, that's what I was going to lead into next to see, like, as a Lakers fan, you're, you're on the one seed right now. You're going to play right. the eight seed. I'm yep. sure you do not want to play the Trailblazers. Uh, look, I right, look. I'm not gonna be that Laker who come in here, Laker guy, or come in here and lie to you. 
out of all the teams we could have seen in the AFC, I was definitely rooting for the Suns and Grizzlies. Did not want to see the Blazers. Now, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I'm not picking the Blazers over the Lakers. I can't do it. I don't see it happening. CJ McCollum's got some back injuries all of a sudden. We're not going. I'm not going to dive deep into it. But if if there was one team I didn't want to see, it's definitely the Blazers. Dame could give you 60 at any point. Um, like you already said, Stacy, the the Lakers have been disappointing in most of their games since being back from the bubble. Perimeter defense is a big one. No Avery Bradley. Um, no, Ron- oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. No Rondo. I mean, it's it's shown. And even as I'm sitting here watching my Lakers play, and even on the nights when they're playing good, I'm just looking at the other teams and like, why are they getting so many open threes? Like, why? Mm. It's like continuously, it's always a breakdown. So, am I worried on a scale of one to ten? I probably put it right now at a solid four because they still got to get in. But yeah, man, I, I I'm not trying to see them Blazers. I don't want to. <laughs> So, so I have a question for you. I, I've been okay. I've been holding this for this week. I guess Stacy okay. as a Lakers fan, you can answer this too. Uh, one of my friends was saying that Avery Bradley, his three and D kind of mentality, is the key to that Lakers team, and that's why they're falling apart because of the lack of Avery Bradley. I'm curious I, what your I, thought is to that. I wouldn't say that. I think he's a piece to this team, but let's let's keep things in perspective. Avery Bradley averaged about eight points a game. Played very good defense, but he it's not like we lost AD. You know what I'm saying? Now, imagine losing that on defense. To me, it's not that. I just think it's coming back into the bubble. Uh, a lot of these other teams are, you know, vying for playoff spots. They're playing a lot better. No crowds. I heard someone say you don't have to come to the Staples Center no more. We're just here in Orlando hooping. Also, we've already clinched, too. So as much as we say, yes, play hard get in that right mindset. When you know you've already clinched the number one seed and your your primary goal is to really stay healthy, I can see losses like this. Like Imagine if this was the regular season and it was the end of the season and we were losing games. Most people would say, I mean, they're clinched. They're headed to the playoffs. You know what I mean? But like I said, the defense and some of the things we see has been a cause for concern. But I, Avery Bradley, nah, man. Let, that's not Gary Payton. That's Avery Bradley. Let's just... <laughs> Let's keep yeah, things in perspective. Yeah. Avery Bradley's good, but he, he's not that, all right? Yeah, I, I was I was about to say that, too. I was like, even though he is a nice piece for the Lakers, he's just one piece, and they can win without Avery Bradley. Uh, they're the most important people for the Lakers for they run to the title. I'm not even going to say LeBron. It's all going to be on AD, Kyle Kuzma, and some of those role guys, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, and KD. Danny Green! Danny, Danny, oh my God, Danny Green! I would say it's oh. more Danny Green shooting like zero for eight. What is? Oh man, what is wrong that with him? Man. <laughs> hey, oh. look, bro, Danny been hurting me lately. I would be honest, he's been hurting, me. and it's like I'm so glad, like you know, because he was missing shots one game. And then he just kept shooting and did nothing. Now he's like putting it on the floor a little bit, you know, just trying to create. Like, yo, you need to do something because if you miss another three. God, I would be pissed off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I don't know if you're doing a floater or an alley. Uh, like, what? That's not Spurs Danny Green over there anymore. No. Definitely not. <laughs> but, um, uh, I don't know. Like, for me, I feel like it's less so Avery Bradley and more LeBron hasn't turned it on yet. Once LeBron turns it on, it's going to be a completely different team. 
like from yeah. top to bottom. Yeah, I feel like it's a combination of everything you guys said. It's pretty much, I feel like from what I saw, it was just a lot of stupid little mistakes that they'll easily correct. I mean, it's LeBron. He's he's literally one of the best vets in the league. You know he's going to be able to flip that switch, turn it on, and, and kick this team into gear. You, yeah, you know he's going to do it. Hopefully they don't over-rely on him as that number one guy because we talking – this is his first go around in the West in the Western Conference playoffs. This is his first time in the West Conference playoffs, and every round leading up to NBA Finals is gonna be tough. It's gonna yeah. be tough. So, like they, that's why I'm saying more importantly, LeBron AD has to dominate, and Kyle Kuzma has to stay consistent. Those two guys do their job. I, the sky's the limit. I think they can get the ring and go to the finals. I think they can do it. Okay. Consistency is key for Kuzma, man. That's yeah. that's always always my thing. Like, I hate slandering him on Twitter sometimes, yo. But I got to like, I I need that consistency from him. Great night the other night, but I'm at the point with Kuzma now. Like, after I see a night like that, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm cool. But I'm trying to see what you do the next night because it's been too many times. Maybe not so much this year, but in years prior, you give us 30 one night, 28, 27. Then follow it up with like three points, 0 for nine shooting. So like consistency is key. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at the rest of the matchups. Obviously, we have the Lakers playing. Whoever ends up with that eight seed, uh, moving on from that, uh, the Clippers and the Nuggets. Um, they're at two and three right now. There's a game going on right now. Last I checked, the Clippers were winning <laughs> in the last minute of the game. So it looks like Clippers are gonna secure that two seed. Yeah, and the Clip- play. Clippers ended up winning by 13. Okay, yeah. Um, so Clip- oh Clippers are going to play the Mavericks. Uh, then it's going to be Jazz Nuggets. And then my personal favorite matchup this series, this in the first round, Thunder Rockets. Woo! Uh, like that. I'm extremely excited for that one. Uh, I will probably watch every game of that one. Um, but, you know, out of those, aside from Lakers, eight seeds, since we already talked about that, what are some of those series to watches? And do you think there may be any upsets on on our radar that we should be watching for. Mm, will you call any win an upset besides if the Lakers lose? I think everybody else can go. Everybody else can go either or well, except the Clippers. The Clippers. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be stunned if the Mavs beat the Clippers. Yeah, I'll, I'll be stunned too. But, uh, or if the Jazz beat the Nuggets, to be honest. Nugget, nuggets are my yeah, the best sleeper team the in the world. The thing West. about the Jazz is they've been through this road before, and it's about time they go far. It's about time. Like, oh, but it's just not having Bogdanovich. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. yeah, but but still, I mean, see, Donovan Mitchell. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's one of the top what top twenty players, top fifteen, twenty players in the NBA. And Rudy Gobert is a whole defensive MVP candidate. They should do something, and also the Nuggets too, because you know last year they was the two seed. Yeah, and that's right say is you said that about the the jazz you could say the same thing about the nuggets is they've been here before and this might be their year to go a bit further and the nuggets have a healthy mpj they've been experimenting with bull bull i think the nuggets i think the nuggets are gonna go pretty deep nuggets nuggets i've I've said this all season long they're my sleeper in the west man i i really believe they could come out of the west my thing about the Jazz is the Jazz and the Nuggets in that series is if you just start listing the best players in that series, who's number one probably? Well, maybe we probably agree. Jokic. Yeah, yeah Jokic, I would definitely one. say Jokic. Number two, I guess we go Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. The next, like, three, four players might be on the Nuggets. Yeah. Without, I mean, Gobert's probably in there somewhere, but 
He's not really a scorer. To, is he going to give you enough on a nightly basis? I just don't think so. But now that I'm looking at the Nuggets, okay, you got you know Jamal Murray, you know Jokic. That's the obvious shit. Ball, ball. Michael, Michael Porter Jr., he go average about 20 in the playoffs. I don't care if he's a rookie, how long he's been playing. 6'10 with a jumper like that. I mean, they've got – they still don't have Will Barton. They still Gary don't have Harris. Um, Gary Harris. I mean – yeah, I don't, the Jazz, you're right. They should advance this year. They, they've got that experience. I just don't think they have enough. I mean, the number two guy on the Jazz right now for buckets would be Jordan Clarkson? I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think who's after Mitchell. Who are you giving the it's ball? It's a reach regardless of who you say. You know what I'm saying? So that's my only thing with the Jazz. It's just like they don't have enough. Bogdanovich was big for them. I remember he was hitting game winners this year. I think he was shooting over 40% from three. And I'm not saying if he was there, they'd beat the Nuggets. But I just think that's their problem right there. It's just not enough firepower, especially when you're in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not the time for the Jazz just yet. This is the Nuggets here, at least in that matchup. And then... Uh, moving one bracket in, of course, we got the Thunder Rockets. That one's going to be outstanding. Yeah, that's be a good one. I can already that's, tell there's going to be like yeah. a lot of bad blood going on, and I'm yeah, sure that might be seven. That's seven. Yeah, right? that's that's seven. Yeah, yeah I, I think one of the coolest things about the Thunder so far in the bubble is that pretty much since the beginning they haven't been playing their starters like that. Like I remember there was one game Chris Paul was the only starter that they played, and there's one game like. Steven, I don't think Steven Adams has played really at all so far in this bubble, like maybe a couple games, but they they haven't showed their hand. Right, okay. Yeah, so that's I true. think I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they match up with the Rockets. Um obviously the Rockets, I love I love the small ball cuz the way they fly around on defense, especially in the last like few minutes of the game is like I think one of the best de- help defenses in the league. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out, but I, th- I think honestly, I think the Rockets are going to take it, even though they're the lower seed right now. Yeah, that's yeah, a million I, dollar question, Mike Stacy. Who's coming out of here? Well, out, out of just this series? Oh. Yeah, Thunder Rockets. I so I got Rockets in seven. I got Rockets okay. in seven. Um, I just think nobody on the they don't have who's guarding James Harden and Russell Westbrook on the Thunder. Like I, I respect Chris Paul. I know he controls the game, and they got they got Schroeder and and they got uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander. I I get that, but what you doing with the beard? Because in the playoffs, we could say all we want. First round, James Harden don't have many problems in the first round unless it's the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? Russell Westbrook as the, I love Russell Westbrook in Houston. Russell Westbrook as your second option in doses in micro doses. That's that's a crazy tandem to try to keep up with. So I just don't think the Thunder will be able to stop them. Then you got shooters everywhere. And then I think the Rockets have one of the best uh, midseason acquisitions of the year, Robert Covington. I just think yeah. he's one of the best yeah. one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. I've se- I've been seeing him get blocks on like centers and whatnot. I mean, the dude flies around. He can knock down the three ball. I, I like the Thunder. I think they're a great story. But I could see Houston taking them out. But I think they push them. I think it goes seven because Chris yeah. Ball, he's been there. He's been there. He's done that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Rockets too. James Harden, just the big difference maker in this series. The Thunder, I love them. I like them collectively. And like you said, they're going to push. But at the end of the day, 
If Harden drop 40, 50, 60, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I got the Rockets in like six or seven as well. What I will say about uh, James Harden, like who's going to guard him though, Shea Gilgis Alexander is like a 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six point guard mm-hmm. with, and he's long too. So, I mean, he's going to obviously do his best. And I'm sure Billy Donovan will be throwing all sorts of schemes at him. But, uh, I mean, it's, there's really no way to, to lock down James Harden. Um, right. Whatever you want to say about him in the playoffs. So. They can try, but it'll it'll be, I think, Rockets and six, honestly. Yeah, as much as I would love to say Thunder, I'm really high on SGA. Um, Harden's not getting getting out first round. That's not happening. He'll cook <laughs> something up. He'll drop 60 a game if it takes. He's not going out first round. Mm-mm. Not a chance. But uh, we'll move on from the seeding. Uh, kind of an update going into the playoffs. Um, the NBA is going to allow players up to four guests, I believe is what I read. Um, four guests each to come to the bubble and watch these games. Obviously, I'm sure this is great news for the players to see their families and everything like that and their friends. Um, but that brings a huge, huge risk. Um, a lot of other sports leagues have been going on. We saw in the MLB um, have been going on without a bubble, and they're failing. They're failing miserably. Um, <laughs> NBA has had, I think, three tests now. Um, zero positive cases across the board. Um, they're literally being a trailblazer in this situation that is kind of unpredictable. Do you think allowing these these guests for per um, player is a risk to the safety of the bubble and potentially you know, the safety of the rest of the, the playoffs? Um, do you guys like the call for allowing these these guests in? Uh, Stacey, we'll start with you. I mean, is it, them going down there in the first place was a risk. It's all a risk. Um I know there are some players in the bubble that are struggling mentally with the whole mental aspect, emotional aspect, because they're away from their families. I, I seen one um, picture of uh, Russell Westbrook playing with his son, toy that had toys on on uh, on the video on Facetime, whatever. So I think from a mental aspect, it's a good thing to have family down there and then uh, the family, they are able to go to the games too and sit the games. I thought they was going to do that in the first place when uh, they was talking about the bubble and, and, and I was on K with as long as, you know, nobody's sick. And then, you know, you test them the same way. The people that's going down there testing the same way as you do with the players, make sure they follow protocol too. But that's my only worry. Like you got families, coming down there, are they going to stay in line with what's going on, too? And then, you know, you got kids, kids at Disney World. I don't know how they going to feel about that exactly, but uh, I, I'm okay with it as long as everybody stays safe. I mean, you, you want the players to be in the best mental state, best emotional state as possible for, for your product, and this is one of the things right now. I don't know if they're going to go as far as what Stephen A's been suggesting, uh, but but allowing family down there, I think it's a pos- a positive thing. Okay, uh, yeah, I like what you brought up, kind of like the mental health and kind of wanting the players to be at full strength. That's a that's a good point. Ben, what about you? How are your thoughts on the guests of the bubble? Uh, I mean, I agree hundred percent. If you uh, if you treat it the same way you treated the players coming in, with like you've got you know your tests and your quarantines and stuff like that. Uh, as long as you have the proper protocol in place, it's going to be really good because I feel like it's got to be so hard for 
obviously the three of us can't relate, but to be away from your kids, especially a lot of them have young kids in like their formative years. Like Jason Tatum said, he almost didn't come to the bubble because his kid's like two years old and doesn't want to be away from him for potentially three months. Um, and same with what Stacy said, Russell Westbrook and his kid. Uh, it's hard to be away from your family for that long, you know, regardless of how old the kids are or regardless of if you even have kids or not. Um, so like Stacy said, again, it'll definitely weigh on the players mentally. Um, so to have their families there, I think, will even raise the level of play and it'll just make everyone happier. So as long as they're doing it in a safe way or as safe as they can, at least, I th- I'm all for it. All right, and Mike, as the only father of the group, how much is this going to mm-hmm. mean for the players? Uh, it's going to mean a lot, man. I know what it's like. I've been deployed before, so I know what it's like to be away from your kids for an extended period of time. And forgive me in advance, I can't remember who said it, but one of the players has said something along the lines of, like, you know, the players want to leave the bubble and get their mind off basketball, and they can't do that while they're stuck there. So I think this is great. I think this is a perfect opportunity because, like like Stacy said, you gotta have that mental. You gotta have that mental headspace. Your mental headspace gotta be right if you're gonna perform. It's not just physically. It's everything that goes into being an athlete. So just being able to look on the sidelines and see, I don't know, whoever you're bringing, your, your mom, your sister, your brother, your um, your spouse, whoever it may be. I, I just know that's gonna be, a, uh, you know, a, a great rise in their spirits, and it'll ultimately lead to better games for us as fans because these guys aren't down in the dupes depressed thinking about who they're not seeing or you know I, I can't do my daily talk to my dad before the game and get me right you know so at least this way even though it's small you get some sort of family or friends in there like Stacy says as long as they're taking the necessary precautions I mean Look, we're, you're at risk every day. You're, you're you're at risk every day. You walk outside your house, so unless you stand in like a hermit, man, you're, you're at risk at all times. As long as they're you know checking temperatures, keeping everything sanitized, keeping everybody spaced apart, I got no problem with it. I, I love that the NBA, like you said, Jordan is trailblazing. Really took this by the storm. Zero positive tests. That's the great thing. I think this is a good idea. So I think it was Jalen Brown that said that. Jalen, yeah, that's what I thought. It was either him or Donovan Mitchell. I was off. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with like everything you guys said and the fact that you know it's great for all these players. But to play like obviously the concerned card is like I'm thinking when the bubble first got set up and there are those few players that just like oh screw it I'm gonna go out and do my thing. Mm-hmm. We are we know like the, these family members they're not the ones that actually in the NBA so you know there's gonna be one that one person right. There's going to be that one person that ruins the bubble and puts everyone at risk. So, right. I mean, my question is if, if say, one one family member of someone gets tested positive because, like, they left the bubble, do you think they'll kick all the guests out or you think they'll just, like, remove that person and kind of hope it stays safe? They'll definitely just test the rest of the family, make sure no one else is contracted. If that's the only person and they test everybody else and everybody else is good, I don't see them kicking everybody out. But if one person, that one person, sorry, you got to go. Yeah, yeah, go back home. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, scary. No, I, I think the players are definitely going to um, have a list of people they trust to do the right thing while they're in the bubble, uh, watching the games and um, supporting, you know, their their brother, friend, husband, what have you. I, I think I think they gonna bring somebody they can trust to do the right thing. It's all come down to trust if the NBA is gonna allow this to happen. 
Yeah, the wording was like family or like long tenured friend. I think yeah. that was the wording they used. So I have a feeling like if anything does happen, like if someone's family like does leave the bubble, it's gonna come and be blamed on like that player. So I feel like there's definitely like there has to be like rules going on behind the scenes of like okay, like pick wisely because if something does happen, it's on you. No um, IG models. Yeah. <laughs> Long standing friends. All right, players. Oh, Look, man. I know. I know. Yeah, I grew I up her for six yeah. months. I know she's like a sister to me. <laughs> Long standing. I can see somebody already saying, oh, we're in good standing. Yeah, we're in good standing. <laughs> nah, brother. Nah. It's been a whole can three you, months. Can you imagine <laughs> if you sneak? Like one of those long standing friends down there, they get on your nerves. You can't kick them out. Yeah. You're just going to uh, be stuck true. with them. Yeah, that's uh, true. Quarantine together. I wonder if uh, Jamal Murray will bring his uh, his special friend. Oh, my God. Don't even start on <laughs> All right. Moving yeah, on. Moving on. Bring Kendall Jenner. Oh, God. Yeah, um, which one? Which player is going to bring Kendall Jenner? Yeah, she has a goal starting D, five. D, D, who was it? Yeah. D Book? Yeah, yeah, D Book got the inside track man. right yeah. now. It's got to be one of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on from that before we get to... uh, Before it gets weird, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, The NBA Award nominations were released recently. I'm curious to see, you know, what your thought is on the nominees that were released. There were a few names that kind of stood out that weren't on those lists for me. Uh, I'll wait to say those. Ben, we'll start with you this time. Out of the nominees, I'm not going to go through and read them all just because there's too many. Um, Were there any players that you would have liked to see nominated for one that just wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the obvious answer is Luka Doncic said it himself. He was nominated nominated for Player of the Year or Most Improved Player of the Year, sorry. Um, Devontae Graham jumped from like four points per game to like 16 this season. Uh, so he was kind of the obvious choice. Luca said it himself. He thinks that Graham should have been there. Um, and then on the other hand, defensive player of the year, I think Ben Simmons had a real case. Um, I don't necessarily think that whoever's there is like a, a bad nomination, uh, is a bad finalist, but I think Ben Simmons had a real case and, uh, he could have easily replaced one of two of those guys that was on that list. Okay. Stacy, what about you? I'll say the one person that has an argument, like Ben said, is Devontae Graham. When you go from four to what, close to 18, something like that, 16 to 18, that's a pretty big jump. However, I do see the reason why Luca was nominated for most improved player. First of all, a lot of people was actually saying that he should be on her. Just because he's almost averaging a triple-double. He's almost averaging a triple-double. He jumped from, uh, what, like 21 points to near 30. And he got like nine rebounds, nine assists, something like that. So he – and then he's also shooting better overall. So I can see why you're there. But I think Devontae Graham is the one person that has the argument. Everywhere else is very, very solid. Okay. Mike, anything different or do you agree? Um, yeah, I just mostly agree. I didn't have a lot of problems with who they chose for the finalists. I, I think it's really, you know, up to your discretion. I think um, when you look at Rookie of the Year, you could have had Tyler Harrow in there instead of Kendrick Nunn. But, I mean, 
it, it's that minuscule to me. I, I think they pretty much the NBA NBA pretty much got it right. So I'm going to agree with you guys. Devontae Graham should have definitely been on there for sure. Um, like I said, honorable mention, Tyler Harrow, Brandon Clark for rookie of the year. I don't think they would have won it, but I think their names could have been in the finalist pool. But yeah, I have no issues with the finalists. I'm with it. Okay. Um, aside from Devontae Graham, obviously that was just, I think that's on everyone's radar. It's just kind of robbed. Um, for me, I had Marcus Smart being robbed of a Defensive Player of the Year <laughs> nomination. This is biases aside, okay? Like, I genuinely believe that. I would have put him yeah. over Rudy Gobert. I genuinely would have. And that's, like, me not as a Celtics fan. That's me as an NBA fan. Uh, me, this may be as a Celtics fan. You guys can let me know and tell me I'm stupid, whatever. I feel like uh, Jalen Brown, maybe Jason Tatum, could have gotten a nod for most improved as well. I feel like they both really had huge jumps. Specifically, Tatum kind of became a superstar this year, I feel like. Um, yeah, I, I, it's tough because a lot of players kind of made a huge jump this year. So, I don't know. Am I crazy? Is that a biased Celtics fan take? I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, Luca's still up there. and he, I mean, he went from star to superstar. So, I yeah. guess you could say Jason Tatum went from very good to star this year, superstar. I mean, I mean it's, it's give or take, man. I don't think you're crazy for it. It's definitely that little that little green in your blood, but there ain't nothing wrong with that, man. It's all right. It's there. I mean, I can't argue it. I can't. There's just like, there's probably yellow and gold and purple and all different hey, types of colors you know, in yours. You know what it is. <laughs> um,. All right, moving on from the regular award nominations and kind of who got left out. The NBA is also implementing the bubble awards, which I think is really awesome to celebrate the players that kind of cooked it these past eight games. Um, so there's going to be three awards, one of which was just announced that they're going to do tonight, um, which is we're recording on Wednesday night. Um, they're going to do MVP, the I think it was like an all-bubble team, and then coach of the bubble. I think they called it seeding games. I don't think they're calling it bubble awards. I think they're calling it like seeding game awards. Um, but I feel like MVP in my eyes, there's two candidates for that. I'm curious what you guys have. We'll start with that. Mike, take us away. All right. So MVP of the bubble, I'm going to go Dame Lillard. I know it could be Devin Booker. I know it's very close, but I'm kind of bear with me. I'm projecting. I got the Blazers making the playoffs. I feel like they will ultimately, even though I, Memphis has a good shot of playing them in the playing round. I think the Suns have a good shot, too, even though they have the Mavericks. But I think the Blazers will overcome that. Dame just going for 50 and 60 and back-to-back games, games that matter, you know, because if you lose one of these games, you, you could be out the playoffs. And like he said uh, after the game the other night, he wanted to come to the – he only wanted to come to the bubble if he had a chance for the play to play for the playoffs, which he does. He's came out here and he's been the go-to guy with his running mate hampered. So I, I'm going to go with Dame for MVP of the seeding games. Yeah, and one thing on Dame, just because you have him up, I feel like you got to respect the fact I've seen so many interviews over about him in the past few days about saying how he got these offers to join super teams and he just mm-hmm. kept saying no because he wants to stay in Portland and build something in Portland. And I feel like that's a really hard trait to find nowadays in the NBA. Everyone wants to go join a super team, be with the best players. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for Dame in that sense. Uh, but Stacy, who is your bubble MVP? Bubble MVP? Dame. It's Dame. It's almost not a question. But shout out to Devin Booker, though. Y'all know I'm very high on Devin Booker. But I think it's Dame. And the separation comes from look where the Blazers at. Eight, the A spot. They more than likely going to get in. Book, 
as much as he's been playing great and all that, Suns don't have that A spot. They don't control their destiny right now. Dame does. And 61 points, I'll take that. So I'm going with Dame. Ben? Yeah, I'm also saying Damian Lillard. Um, I mean, he's got the better of, of Booker in points per game, assists per game. His team's in a better position. Uh, I mean, Booker definitely has a case. He's led his team to 7-0 and uh, against some very good teams, too, I might add. But uh, I don't know. Just to me, Damian Lillard, that shot, that one shot that was kind of the game winner over the Mavs the other night, that uh, hit the back of the rim, went like, I would say, six, at least six feet up. That was like Kawhi-esque. That yeah. was one of the most ridiculous bounces I've ever seen. And I will say that it's not really luck at that point. Um, so, no, Damian Lillard, I mean, shouldn't be too much of a question, in my opinion. Uh, should be the seeding games MVP. All right. I'm disagreeing with all of you guys and taking Booker. Mm. He, he took the 7-0. and oh. Like, look at the rest of this team, guys. Like, come on. You got to give him respect. He's he's looking at Kobe out there. He even gave a nod to Kobe saying, like, how he, like, misses him every day. And, like, that's kind of his motivation. Um, this man's been on another level. He's not playing like himself. He's playing, like, a way better version of himself where Dame was always Dame. Was always Dame. Obviously, Dame's playing at a little bit of a different level, more better quality, I guess you could say. But. Devin Booker has been a different beast out there, and I feel like you gotta 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 give him the nod. And also, since most awards have like three finalists, I'm gonna tip the hat to T.J. Warren for that third place. Um, I think he's earned that. Obviously, just don't look at the game against the Heat because that was embarrassing. But huh. yeah, uh, for the All Bubble Team, what's gonna be your starting five there? Uh, ben, we'll start with you. All right. So obviously, we'll go guards first. I got. Damon Devin Booker, not surprising. Uh, don't really need to talk too much about that. Uh, and then on my forwards, again, TJ Warren, of course, he popped off. And uh, what's his name? Michael Porter Jr. is someone else that we've talked a little bit about. Uh, he's been on an absolute tear during the seeding games. And he's looking like one of those guys, like Mike said it earlier, 6'10", and he can, you know, shoot like. 50% from three on a night-to-night basis. I mean, and, and it's not even like he's not taking too many attempts. It's not even like he's shooting two threes per game. He's he's going like four for eight some of these games, six for nine some of these games. Um, so he's really impressed me. I mean, and he's looking like one of those guys that can average like 25 and 15 even throughout the postseason if he keeps getting playing time, which I would be shocked if he didn't. Um and then at my center, I got Joel Embiid. He's been averaging just about 30 and 15 uh, in the games that he's played in the bubble. Obviously, they've been resting him. He had to leave the game early tonight just because of a, like a minor hand injury. But, uh, I mean, 30 and 15 is hard to ignore. He had a 41 and 21 game. Uh, he shot better than 50% in every game that he's actually played in. Uh, so, yeah, I got, just to recap, Dame, Booker, TJ Warren, MPJ, and Joel Embiid is my all-bubble team. Okay. Stacey? Um, there's nothing to be said. Those, those are my same five right there. The same yeah. five. They've been the five most outstanding players doing this bubble. So 
I don't have any, literally, I don't have anybody different. Literally the same starting five. <laughs> that makes my job easy, Mike. All right, I'm a different one person. I got the mm. same. Everybody's the same. I'm switching out MPJ. All love to MPJ for Giannis. I mean, Giannis still did exactly what we expect Giannis to do. He averaged, let me see, I just had it right here. 27 points a game, 12 rebounds, four assists, 30-point double-doubles. I mean, he's still a, a walking like 20 and 10 every freaking night, 25 yeah. and 10. So that that's that's my only difference. I, I totally understand if you put MPJ ahead of him. Um, MPJ would probably, if I had a second team, he'd definitely be right there. So that's my only difference. My only difference, I'm also going to take MPJ out as good as he's been, and I'm going to put in Porzingis. Uh, he's Woo! averaging 30 and a half, 30.5 points a game, just under 10 rebounds, uh, a steal, just under two blocks, and just over two assists a game. Dude's been a beast pair with Luca. Um, you know, if, if him and Luca can keep clicking the way they have in this bubble, there's a possibility they could escape the first round. Don't yes, sir. Very, very Talk about it. Talk about it. Have you seen Luca get hot? What was it? The game, I think it was Sunday, when he was putting the ball between his legs during passes. Yeah. Oh, when Luca gets except, hot, he's except, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah but have still. Paul, Leonard, Paul George guarding him. Yeah. Uh, minutes a night. Hey, Paul George, not. Paul George not guarding Chris Stops. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Oh, man. That's gonna be tough actually, because the Lakers don't really have or I mean the Clippers, sorry, don't really have that size to guard Chris Stops or versatility yeah. to guard. I mean, Zubat been doing pretty good though. Throwing Boban too. Throwing well, I, don't Boban. Think, I don't think Zub I don't think Zubat could guard him on the perimeter though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to find something. You see, you see, uh, Porzingis handle. He got a little handle now. I don't think Zoo ready for that. I don't think nah, Big Zoo nah, ready. Nah, for that. Nah, nah. Porzingis' mid range shot is so funny. He kind of just like turns and he like just turns around and throws it. All he got to do is seven two. It's right? so funny every time. Yeah, it's like, how did that go in? You don't really need arc when your like standing reach is like fourteen feet. Yeah. Right? Just turns around, shoots a high post mid fadeaway yeah. jumper. Good, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Shooting 38% from deep is a big man, too, is impressive. So, I mean, hats off to him. I definitely think he deserves a nod. And then moving on from that, we have the coach of the bubble slash seeding games, however you want to word it. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Who's your coach of the seeding games? I mean, I guess since I didn't give MVP to Devin Booker, I'll give something to the Suns. I'll go Monty Williams, like undefeated. Like I said, that's a hell of a coaching guy. I mean, obviously, it's easier when you have Devin Booker. But like I brought up, I mean, they had Devin Booker before the bubble. And uh, did they go on a, any type of win streak like this during the regular season earlier? Not to my knowledge that I can remember. So I, I think this is a hell of a job for him to get a young team ready to come into the bubble to be able to perform. I thought they had no shot at the playoffs. I'm just going to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Yeah. The fact that they're even right here with a, with a puncher's chance, I think that's just an amazing job. So it would have been easy for me to go with one of these playoff teams, but these guys fighting at the bottom, going against these hard teams and pulling out wins, I'm going to show some acknowledgement to that. So I'm going to go with Monty Williams or the Phoenix Suns. Stacy, what about you? The same. I'm going Monty Williams. 7-0. Enough said. Yeah. Tough against tough competition. Everybody's fighting for a position here. 
and he has team seven and zero. And I believe that whether they get in or not, I believe that this seven and zero is a preview to what's to come for the Suns' future because. For years, that's all they needed. All they needed was just a solid head coach. You know, they switched head coaches before him like five times in like yeah. five or six years. They had yeah. no continuity whatsoever. And now they had a head coach, and that head coach got young players here. Don't forget they young. Devin Booker's only 23. Kelly Oubre, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, et cetera, et cetera. You got them playing pretty good, 7-0. So I'm going Monty. All right, and Ben? I mean, yeah, Monty Williams is obviously the the clear choice here. Seven and zero, like Stacy said, he's got Michaela Bridges going off, DeAndre Ayton playing at the level he was playing at when the Suns were winning earlier in the season. Um, but just to be different and also a little bit biased, um, oh, I'm gonna go with, Nurse. I'm gonna go with my Coach of the Year, Nick Nurse. Nurse. Uh, I mean, six and one, almost as good as seven and zero. And then at the same time, it's like you've had performances from guys like Boucher, Matt Thomas, when you were resting uh, Van Vliet and uh, Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, where they went for like 25 and 10. Um, and then you're beating the Bucks, albeit without Giannis. Uh, and then tonight, he, uh, he took a rest day. The coach took a rest day and said, let's let the assistant coach be the head coach for tonight. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, it kind of deserves recognition in, in its own way um, for him being a good head coach. So I'm going to go with Nick Nurse. Obviously, though, Monty Williams is the, the clear number one choice there. So I just want to say that's really cool. I did not know that he just like took a rest and was like, here, you can be the head coach for the day. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for my pick, I'm going to make Matt Huff fall out of his t- chair and take Mike Malone, head coach of the Denver Nuggets. Sure. Um, I feel like Denver, where they didn't necessarily go – 7-0 and like the Suns did. I feel like Mike Malone did a good job of kind of experimenting with his lineups, testing some of his players. Um, he, you know, they, they had that third seed. They could have gotten the second seed. They have that third seed, so they weren't too worried about that, I feel like. Instead, he took advantage of those eight games to kind of see, you know, where his players were at, move around, move around the lineup, got ball ball some minutes, and turns out, you know, he could be a real asset. So I think uh, the Nuggets are going to appreciate that kind of, like, lineup testing um, into the playoffs when they realize, okay, like this guy did well in, in, in these moments during those seeding games. Let's put him in in this and see how he plays. So uh, Mike Malone uh, is going to be my pick. Brad Stevens kind of did the same thing, but I think Mike Malone did just a little bit better of a job with it as in he was more successful about it. Um, but moving on from that, I'm going to pass it over to Ben for the hot takes. All right, so this one's kind of been circulating. Um, obviously, there's a lot of recency bias here, and there's no one name that I can pin this hot take on like I normally do. Uh, but Jordan was telling me that he was seeing a lot of Twitter people saying that Dame is a better point guard than Steph. I personally think that's ridiculous. A lot of recency bias. But I'll, uh, I'll ask you guys the same question. Stacy. do you think Dame has a case for being a better point guard than Steph right now? No. No, he does not. <laughs> Steph owns Dane. Steph literally Steph swept them last year. And every time they get together, Steph goes off and the Portland Trailblazers end up losing. Dame has not beaten Steph at all, not many times. So Steph is still the number one point guard in the NBA. I know he's not playing right now, but he's still 
he's still number one. Uh, the 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 Warriors always take down the Blazers nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten. But I, Dame is definitely like number two. He's definitely is number two, but he's not over Steph. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, anyone that says that Dame is better than Steph is just straight up casual. Um, I think people just forget how good Steph was. I mean, obviously he hasn't played this year, and, and Dame's been taken off. But I think people forget like Steph did it first. The Dame's doing what Steph did already. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely taking Steph Curry in this situation. Steph's literally about to get his own shoe brand, like Michael Jordan. I don't know if you guys saw that with Under Armour. Uh, Dame's not doing that anytime soon. So, Team Steph. Yeah, Mike, same question. Uh, look, man, this is some serious recency bias. It's it's literally like a week of recency bias. Like, you're literally yeah. going off a week. Like, I, I didn't want to pull this up, but for you Dame fans, look. Steph versus Dame. Steph has 24 victories. Dame has six. Ooh. 14 in the regular season for Steph, six in the regular season for Dame. In the playoffs. Steph is 10 and 0 versus David <laughs> Now look, don't don't think this is hate, this is shade, this is any of that. Steph has definitely had some better teams, man. But we've seen what Steph can do on the biggest stage. Obviously, we can go back and forth about whether his stats live up, you know, on the final stage or whatever. The fact of the matter is, he has final stats to put up. You can't say the same about Dame. He just got to the Western Conference Finals for the first time. So, look, Dame is great. I'm here to argue with you if you think he's number two or three or four. We can do that. But I'm not putting him over Steph Curry. No way. No. What, what uh, Rob Parker say? No way. No how. Can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I agree with all you guys. I think one big thing about Steph is that he makes his whole team better in a way that very few other players are able to do. So... He's, I think, top two point guard all time, let alone at the moment. He's the best point guard in the league. So it's a lot of reasons he biased, like you said, Mike. But uh, I'll move on to the next hot take, which is Bleach Report's mock draft. Having Cole Anthony, son of Greg Anthony, uh, and first year freshman UNC star uh, being picked 11th overall in this fall's, I was going to say summers, but this fall's draft. Uh, Mike, I know you were pretty high on him. We've talked about him before. You you had him going top five. Mm-hmm, um, I did. How do you feel about this take, and do you still kind of see him top five? Um, I don't have a problem with the take simply because with the way this year has been, with the way everything has shifted, I mean, it's got to be hard to still evaluate these guys. And when you look at Cole Anthony, he only played, I believe, 22 games at UNC last year. He was hurt quite a bit. So I can understand having a couple questions about him, even though he's obviously a talent, a high flyer, can get his own bucket at times. I can understand why he's dropping a little bit. And I'm looking at some of the people that will definitely probably go before him. Anthony Edwards, we've seen his line of work. LaMelo Ball, 6'8 point guard. Obi Toppin, 6'9. Like, I get why these other players are going ahead of him. So I have no problem with him dropping. I did have him top five early. I was really high on him. Maybe that's a little fan in me, but uh, I have no problem with him dropping, man. I can see it. All right, yeah. Stacey, how about you? He shouldn't be dropping. No, he's like clearly one of the top five, seven best players available in this draft. Uh, dude, 
when he came back from injury in North Carolina, he balled out. Like he balled out. He proved like he probably is one of the top or is the top point guard coming into this draft. And uh, I don't think the limited amount of games he has played should be a factor because remember Kyrie was drafted number one overall and he only played nine games at Duke. So, yeah, he ain't no Kyrie though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but nah, still though. But still they only got and then um um what what's the old boy name? Uh um the Cleveland Cavaliers guard. Colin uh, Sexton. No, no, Darius Garland. Garland. He only played five games and oh, he was yeah. still drafted yeah. pretty high. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um and I think Cole Anthony, at least talent wise, is over Darius Garland. So I don't think he should be dropping all the way to eleven. I think he definitely should be somewhere inside the top ten. Yeah, I mean that that's a fair point about Darius Garland, actually. Um what I will say against that, though, is that I think this this draft might be a bit more talent heavy than last year's draft, especially from an international perspective. But uh, Jordan, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, I know you don't know too too much about college ball, but uh, have you seen Cole Anthony play? Do you think he deserves higher than eleven? Yeah. So usually March Madness is when I do all my college basketball and look into all that. Um, obviously, we didn't have that, so I had to look onto it. Look into it on my own. Uh, originally I had Cole Anthony earlier on in the year, um, top five. Now I would say five to 10. Um, he has a nice shot and he can handle the ball pretty well, but I think there's, there's just a little bit more talent ahead of him. No shot against him. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree, uh, that it's not, it's not out of this world just because there's so much international talent. I think it's hard to kind of compare international versus college ball. Um, so I, I, I respect how hard it is to do these mock drafts. You never really know what's going through a, uh, an executive's mind either. Um, but that's Plus it. Plus we'll look take. at this like five, 10 years from now and it'll just be like, we really oh, yeah. had a, that guy so high. Like, yeah, we'll do a, like, we'll do a redraft and busts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like Jokic was yeah. a second rounder. It's like, you can never, you never prepare that <laughs> Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, that was the last hot take. So I'll give back to you, Jordan. All right, let's end it off as we always do. I know this episode's getting a little bit long uh, with the mystery player debate. I'll try to be quick with it. Player A, point guard, shooting guard. He's averaging 15.3 points, two and a half rebounds, two assists. He's shooting 45.3% from the field as well as 45.3% from deep. So the same percentage there. Player B, a point guard, shooting 11.8 points with 6.1 rebounds, seven assists, 1.4 1.4 steals, shooting the ball 40.3% from the field and 37.5% from deep. Who do you guys take and who do you think they are? Well, I got player B. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm going player B uh, just simply based off all-around game. I see his field goal percentage is 5% lower. That's pretty significant, but... Three-point percentage, yeah, you're not 45, but he's at 37%. If I had to bet money, I'd probably say player B shoots more threes than player A. I could be wrong. That's a guess. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go player B. He's still giving you six rebounds, seven assists, 1.5 steals. That's great in this league. I see we don't even have steals for the other guy, so it's probably – I think it's .3 steals. .3, okay, yeah. Yeah, give me a – Player A seems like a smaller guard, quicker score first type of guy. 
Player mm-hmm. B seems like an all-around type of guy. I could still give you buckets and do some other things. So I'm going to go player B. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to player B, too. And just to clarify Mike's comment, they're both shooting around six three-pointers a game. Okay, great. Okay. Well, let me put it like that. I'll still go player <laughs> B. Yeah, I play, play A is just, according to these stats, play A is just a score. Like, if the ball is not going in, what else is he doing? Yeah, Versus player B, if he's not scoring, he's shooting bad, he can still defend, obviously. He get rebounds. Mm-hmm. He passed the ball. Seven assists is pretty good. So uh, that's why I'm going to play B. These Bang. backups? Oh, my bad, um, man. My fault. That's my all fault. good. I'm going to give it to player A. I'm going to give it to uh, player A. Player A. The, the three-point okay. percentage does it for me. Higher points. I know he's not going to give me as much from an all-around perspective, but... I mean, shooting forty-five percent from deep on six attempts per game is pretty pretty strong. So I'm gonna take player A. All right. Um, before you start guessing, I'm just gonna drop you one big hint right now. They're both on the same team. Is one yeah. Lonzo Ball? One is Lonzo Ball. Player B is Lonzo Ball. Player B is Lonzo Ball. Correct. So, right, player A is JJ Reddick. Player A is JJ Redick. Yeah, see, look, I mean, now I know if Twitter was on this right now, they'd be like, Lonzo Ball, but I mean, <laughs> that's what, I know he played bad in the bubble, but that's that's a big improvement. That 37 yeah, from three-point range, and you're still getting six yeah. rebounds, seven assists, I mean, that's, Post, that's a, yeah. Post-All-Star break, he was popping off. It's true. Yeah, he was doing good. He was, so, he was, yeah. averaging, like, he was averaging, like I feel like, 20-something points. Shooting great from deep after the All Star break, so hey, he's the same. It's consistency. You got to get that consistency. Yeah, yeah. Doing I mean, this mystery player debate, I just want to say I knew JJ Reddick could shoot. I did not know he could shoot that well. That yeah, is an insane percentage. What? I think, what I'll what I'll say about this is it depends on what kind of team I have on who I would take. Like if I've got like a championship contender with all like the stars and pieces I need, I would instantly take jj reddick over lonzo ball Great if i've got player. like a young developer who's looking for you know like a point guard of the future maybe not a like a star of the future but just like a solid consistent point guard for the future um i'd probably take lonzo ball but uh which one you take yeah, out of raptors skip take oh jj reddick no question okay. yeah. <laughs> See now I don't, I don't know. Public perception might might be looking at us like, what the hell? <laughs> we just see, turned down JJ Reddy for Lonzo. You see, that's the problem. Public perception be all. <laughs> if if you just listen to Twitter all day, you would think Lonzo Ball never shot a ball before in his life. Like a dude defends, he came back, better shot, fixed shot, creates yeah. for others. Like I mean, LeBron, I get it. He traded them. Whatever. It was yeah. AD. But he was co-signing for these young guys. I mean, these young guys are good, man. Reddick, I like Reddick, man. Knockdown shooter. I think you're right, Ben. It depends on what type of team I got. Like, if I already got everything pretty much and I just need to add some production, I'll go grab Reddick, Reddick right away. But if I need somebody to really run my show and guard the other team's best point guard, I'm going to go so. Can you I mean, make some layups, though? 40.3% overall. And I don't even know how – I think it's fit. Free throw percentage is trash as well. Man. Oh, yeah, he's hard. terrible at free throws. It's up, but it ain't up why? enough. <laughs> like, why? You should have put that up there. I would have told player A off that. <laughs> if you would have put that up there. I'd... First off, if you would have put his free throw percentage, I would have known it was Lonzo even quicker. I'd have 56% from free throw. 
Come on, man. That's the White Howard numbers. That's right. That actually like is Dwight. Dwight Howard numbers. I just <laughs> want to say that's a big increase from last season when he was 41%. Oh, Don't remind terrible. me. Joe. That's terrible. <laughs> How that's many terrible. games did that cost you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like honestly, though, Mike, the way Danny Green's been playing, you you would probably rather have JJ Redick on the Lakers right now, huh? But, but see, that's the thing, though, man. If you give one, you take away. If we switch JJ and Danny, if I'm the other team and I see JJ Redick on defense, excuse me, pick and roll, y'all go away. We running <laughs> this hollow pick and roll. All like you see the way Dame was cooking Porzingis. It's going to be something like that. So that's the only <laughs> thing about J.J. Can he still guard? Is his production going to, yeah. you know, counterbalance the defense? That's what you got to weigh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, Danny Green's still, like, a strong defender. J.J. Yeah, Reddick is, like, yeah. as far as I remember, J.J. Reddick's the only NBA player in the league right now who has a wingspan that's not longer than his height. Every uh, other NBA player does. Yeah, J.J. Reddick does not. He's only 6'3". He's not a big guy. Can we have a can we have a silent moment for his uh playoff streak? Oh yeah, damn, man. that's tough. That yeah, is tough. Sorry, JJ. You oh, first yeah. game they knew what was what the jig was when they took. Z- Are you taking Zion out and y'all up? And it's five minutes left. It's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. Should, should stay with the Sixers. <laughs> stay with the Sixers. All right, we will call that an episode. Usually. We haven't done it in a while, but we used to run ads. But since everything's closed, we're not going to do that. But I'm going to use this time to plug Stacy's documentary. It's Thanks, called hey. Perfect Timing. I believe, Stacy, you can plug it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just released a documentary not too long ago called Perfect Timing. It details the last six years of my life from moving back, from, moving back to St. Louis, Missouri. And I now reside in Los Angeles, California. So... Gives you what happened between their termination, uh, going through tragedy, going through mental health issues, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, please check it out. It's on my Facebook page, Stacey Carter Second, or you go to YouTube, SC, SC the Second. That's my YouTube channel. Check it out. And I got some deleted scenes out there and a video explaining the details behind it. So thank you if you take the time to watch it. Go watch it. Definitely go watch it. It was a good one. Can't can confirm it was good. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some uh, attractive guests in there too. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe one. I don't know. About <laughs> All right, definitely go watch that documentary. As always, thank you guys for watching, listening. However you're doing it, my name is Jordan Daly. With me this week, we had the full crew of Stacey Collier, Mike White, and Ben Okazawa. We see you guys next time. Peace.